Imp, take the left. Hold the river if you can. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, starting with the Game of Thrones. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Sick Boy Zach, today, and joining me as usual is my brother and co-host, Nate. You are a sick kid. Yeah, I very suddenly got stricken with something, I'm not sure what, but... It's pretty funny, I feel you had to take poo-poo. like a running jump into that intro. I did. <laughs> Oh, I feel poopy. Anyway, if you joined us last time, we were reading Danny 7, and Danny had met and put her trust in a god's wife, known as Mermaster, and yeah, she allowed her to heal up her son and stars, Drogo, supposedly heal up, but Drogo says he's not going to follow the doctor's orders, and so we all know how that goes, being full spoiler reread podcast. He did. And so... Yes, Danny's going to learn a big lesson here coming up soon, but... This chapter, we are reading this episode, we are reading the chapter of Tyrion 8. Uh, the last time we saw Tyrion, he was arriving from the ma- mountains of Arryn, the Vale, and meeting up with his father at the crossroads as the Stark forces were beginning their march south from the Twins. Uh, and we open this time on Tywin's tent. It is a giant tent on a hill, and it's overlooking the King's Road. Set up, nestled under a little tree, is a giant-ass dinner table. Yep. There, T- uh, Lord Tywin is taking his evening evening meal with his chief knights and Lord Bannerman. Tyrion had arrived later, sword and tired from the day's march, which was long and tiring. Very sour and aware of how amusing he must look waddling up that goddamn hill. Mm. And goddamn, like, we noticed it in the last chapter we read of uh, Tyrion's here, how focused he is on how people look at him when his father is around. And it's it's just funny because... until last chapter, we got six chapters from this point of view of this confident guy mm-hmm. who just doesn't give a fuck what the world thinks. He's made it his armor, but he's just lost with his father. And here he is going up to his father's dinner table, and he's got that that self-awareness again and how worried he is about what's being thought of him. Yeah, Tywin even says, perhaps I'd best charge you with burning our dead if you are as late to battle as you are to the table. The fighting will be done by the time you arrive. And Tyrion quips back that surely you can save me a peasant or two, father. I won't uh, take too many. I won't be greedy. And this is when we learn that Sir Adam's outriders say the Stark host has moved south from the twins, which we know is the Bruce Bolton's right, men. The Bruce uh, Bolton portion of Lord the Lord Frey's levies have joined them, likely no more than a day's march north of us. And uh, Tywin, uh, Tyrion says, please, father, I'm about to eat. And Tywin is having none of that. He says, does the thought of facing the Stark boy on man you, Tyrion? And this is what, like, this is where we see that fucking, just that nastiness of Tywin. Kind of what we expect from uh, Tarly. Mm. Uh, just that 
oh, are you scared? It's like he just wants to eat his fucking dinner. Like, he had a long-ass day. It has nothing to do with being unnerved by battle and shit, but he immediately turns it on him. Yeah, and he makes like, it about his brother. Your brother yeah. would be eager, eager to come to grips with the Stark boy, and Tyrion says, I'd rather come to grips with that pig. Rob Stark is not half so tender and never smells so good. And so Lord Lefron... Lefford, 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 uh, who's in charge of stores and supplies, said that he hopes Tyrion's savages did not share his reluctance for battle, and Tyrion, he, because he's worried that they're going to waste the good steel that they had provided yeah. to him, because he was the one that basically, because he's in charge of foods and stores and supplies and shit, would have had to okay and send all the shit to them, and Tyrion says that they'll put the steel to good use. Um... Shaga insisted two battle axes. Yeah, I love this. Lefford noticed that Shaga had wanted two great battle axes. They're two-handed battle axes with, like, double-sided blades, big old crescent motherfuckers. And he's like, what does a man need of that? And Tyrion is like, Shaga likes to kill with both hands. So, well, then he points out that he also has a a wood axe axe on his back. And, again, Tyrion's just like, Shaga's under the impression that Three axes are better than two. I, the, the math adds up to me. Yeah. So Sir Kevin leads forward at this point and says, we had thought to put you and your wildlings in the vanguard when we come to battle. And Tyrion thinks that Sir Kevin rarely had a thought that Lord Tywin had not had first. And so he says the vanguard, either his father had a new respect for his abilities or had finally decided to rid himself of his embarrassing son for good. Tyrion had the feeling he knew which. Yeah, those who don't don't know military terminology or battle tactics, the vanguard's the part, they're going to lead the shit. Yeah. They're going to be the first ones to encounter the enemies, the, the first one to charge into battle. And so usually you're either going to have an unbelievably strong commander, someone like uh, you would expect Jon Snow when he's commanding some battles later on where he's mm. going to lead the battle, lead the charge himself. Uh, I would expect Robert Baratheon and Ed Stark were similar character. Or you're going to throw a bunch of shitty dumbasses just because it's cannon fodder. Yeah. And you're not going to put anybody of meaning there. Well, Kevin even says further that to that point that they seem ferocious enough. And Tyrion echoes that and becomes aware that he's just pratting on like a parrot, just repeating these words back to him. But he says, ferocious. And it says his father, Lord Tywin, watched him, judged him, weighing every word. And so Tyrion kind of gives us a peek of the clans and says, let me tell you how ferocious they are. Last night, a moon brother stabbed a stone crow over a sausage. So today, three stone crows seized the man and opened his throat. Bronn managed to keep Shaga from cutting off the man's dead, the dead man's cock, but even so, Ulf is demanding blood money, which Khan and Shaga refuse to pay. And Tywin cuts yeah, in. Yeah, he immediately... and. Fuck, like, he turns everything on Tyrion. Well, yeah. Everything. When a soldier lacks discipline, the fault lies with the Lord Commander. It's basically saying, get get a hold of your fucking troops there. Like, quit being a bitch. Yeah, at this point, excuse me, uh, Tyrion thinks that Jamie had always been able to make men follow him, die for him, if need be. <clears throat> Tyrion lacked that gift, which, hmm, does he? He bought loyalty with gold and compelled obedience with his name. Yeah. I don't know, because I, I... I think it's more... Uh, he does, he He's not giving himself enough credit. Yeah. And we know he's a shitty person a, a lot of times. I think he's very charismatic. And it's not necessarily the gold, that people are naturally drawn to him. He is a likable character. He's a likable person. If you can 
you know, sidestep the the accusations from him. Yeah. And, uh, so he says to his father, a bigger man would be able to put the fear in them. Is that what you're saying, my lord? And Tywin turns to his brother and says, if my son's men will not obey, perhaps guarding our baggage train would be best suited for them. And Tyrion says, do me no kindness, father. If you've no other commands, I'll lead you, Van. And once again, another fucking jab. I said nothing about command. You will serve under Sir Gregor. And that's the last straw for Tyrion. Yeah. He goes to take a bite of some of the pig. God, the pig sounded fucking great, by the way. I was starving reading this damn chapter. I wanted it. Um, but, yeah, he takes a bite and spits it out immediately. And it just Because that's a, a big thing here. He'd been just focused on eating and how succulent the pigs were and the food. And yeah, the and it's and he's like, ruined his appetite. I, I must have misspoke. I don't have an appetite whatsoever. Uh, pray excuse me, my lords. And Tywin even has the courtesy to give him the nod of mm-hmm. yeah. dismissing him. Yeah. yeah, get the fuck out of here. And so yeah, he awkwardly gets up off the bench, turned and walked away, conscious of their eyes on his back as he waddled down the hill. And a great gust of laughter went up behind him, but he ignored it, hoping they all choked on that sweet, sweet pig. So yeah, fucking poor Tyrion's getting the shitty end of the deal for dinner. Yeah, and then he it gets really fucking lonely here for him. Yeah. As, he, as he's walking through, he's looking at all the camps. He sees all these soldiers and all these campfires cooking dinners. You know, not everyone's sitting at a big table like his father, but they're all eating and talking and getting ready for war, like whoring. He sees a drunk guy chasing a naked woman like down the path, but it says, and I quoted it, no one looked at him. No one spoke to him. No one paid him any mind. He was surrounded by men sworn to House Lannister, a vast host, 20,000 strong, and yet he was alone. Mm. Fuck. Like, when he had just been saying to himself he buys the loyalties and, you know, uses his name to command the presence, these guys are all sworn to you. They don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. Because you haven't even broached them or anything, but... Once he and en- it's I love once he enters the camp of people that he has encountered and commanded the respect the respect they offer these clansmen are like we eat with us cause yeah he, that's what he does yeah he, does. he hears Shaga's booming laughter and he follows it to the Stone Crow's campfire and Khan waves a tanker of ale at him Tyrion half man come share our fire and mead we have ox and Tyrion says I can see that Khan and Khan uh, dies in the battle noticing how. Large the ox truly is, thinking it might even be done before the battle is on. And he says, fetch me when the ox is cooked. And Tyrion walks on and notes that each clan had its own cook fire. And the modest tent that Tyrion had coaxed out of Lord Lefford's stores had been erected in the center of the clan's four fires. So Tyrion finds Bronn sharing a skin of wine with the new servants that Lord Tywin had sent him. A groom and a body servant and a squire. Yeah! A girl sat with them, slim, dark-haired, no more than 18. No! His squire, a boy with the unfortunate name of Podrick Payne. It's the greatest name. Fuck that Tyrion unfortunate name. Fuck you. I am a big fan of Podrick Payne. Nate loves Podrick Payne. Tell. A distant cousin to Sir Illan Payne, the king's headsman. And so, almost as quiet as well, but he actually has a tongue. Yeah. And so Tyrion suspected that Podrick was inflicted on him as a jape of some sort, but he asks Joke's Bronn, on you, Tywin, because Podrick's fucking wonderful. So he asks Bronn, is this her? And she rises, the, the woman sitting with them rises gracefully and looks down on him and says, it is, my lord, and she can speak for herself if it pleases you. 
And Tyrion cocks his head and introduces himself. And she says, my mother called me Shay. Men called me often. Yeah. And Bronn laughs, Tyrion smiles, and he lifts the tent flap and says, if you please, Shay. And we learn here that Tyrion had sent Bronn on a quest to fetch him a whore. Yeah. Um, He wanted it to be attractive, and she was to know that he was a little imp. And because he... And I, I do like again that they're drawing that Martin's drawing it to that because if there were a few times where these women weren't informed of what he was, mm. meaning a dwarf for those who were yeah Jack daft. Jack didn't know his trouble to tell them yeah and so the look on those girls' eyes would be something he'd never wanted to experience again yeah and again it's that. He feels shamed, and he's supposed to not let it bother him, but it does. It fucking does. Yeah, so Tyrion lights a candle and looks her over, thinking that Bronn had done well. She was doe-eyed and slim, with a smile that was by turn sly, insolent, and wicked, which Tyrion liked. And she asks if she should undress, but he says, first and first. And he asks if she is a maiden, and Shay answers, if it please you, my lord. And Tyrion says, what would please me is the truth out of you, girl. And she says, aye, but that'll cost you double. And Tyrion decided that they would get along splendidly. Yeah. You poor fool. And so essentially he breaks it down. I give you gold, you sleep with me, share my tent, pour my wine, laugh at my jests, and rub my sore legs after a day's march. And and for the entire time that you are mine, you take no other man into your bed. And then Shay says, fair enough. Yeah. And they fuck. They fuck. And Tyrion it. needed it, thinking that he may well die soon, and he'd rather die with the thoughts of Shay on his mind than the thoughts of Tywin, Lysa Arryn, or Lady Catelyn Stark. Right. Yeah, and she falls asleep after he sings a little, hums a little song. Yep. Um, I had thought that this is where he went into detail about the song and singing it, but I'm glad it wasn't because yeah. I wasn't in the mood for that right now because nope. I was aggravated enough that Shay was appearing in this chapter. Anyway, uh, she falls asleep. Tyrion gets up and goes outside to take a piss. Yeah. And he sees Bronn out there. Bronn is doing... Sharpening his sword. Yeah, Bronn things. And he asks where he found her. And Bronn said she was in the care of another knight. So he took her. And that knight didn't like it, but he had a knife to his throat and couldn't refuse at that point. And Tyrion was like, dude, the fuck? Like... Yeah, I told you to find me a whore, not make me an enemy. And yeah, Bronn's like, well, I can go get you ugly bitches instead. If like, you prefer, yeah. Jesus. Like, this isn't bro culture at its fucking finest back in medieval times. Yeah. Like, And uh, Tyrion says, my father would call that insolence. And Bronn says, good for me that you are not your father. And Tyrion decides, I shall keep Shay. Did you perchance note the name of the knight you took her from? And Bronn rose, saying, uh, saying, because Tyrion says, I, w- I would rather not have to fight beside him in the yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, and Bronn mentions, well, you'll be fighting beside me. Yeah. So Tyrion nods and says, see that I survived this battle, and you can name your reward. And so Bronn asks, who'd want to kill the likes of you? My lord father, for one, he's put me in the van. And Bronn says, I'd do the same. Small man with a big shield, you'll give the archers fits. (laughs) And so Tyrion says, I find you oddly cheering. I must be mad. And Bronn sheaths his sword, saying, beyond a doubt. And so, yeah, he returns to his tent and Shay, and things get hot and heavy again. Tyrion asks about the knight that Bronn had taken her from, but she named a minor retainer of some nobody lord. So she says, he is a small lord, my, uh, he is a small man, my lord. And he asks, yes, pray, what am I then? And she says, a giant, my giant of Lannister. Which, direct callback to the chapter where he was sitting with Meister Aemon, and Aemon said, you are a giant. 
and he said he'd never been called that before. Mm. Tyrion went to sleep smiling and woke up in darkness to trumpets blaring. Shay shaking him awake. Tyrion sits up groggy, the horns calling in the night. Battle assembly, Tyrion says. Yeah, they were wild and urgent. A cry that said, hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah. And it'll mention that a few times, just the tone of these horns. But Shay is confused as fuck because she doesn't understand what he means when he says battle assembly. Uh, He also says, I thought Stark was a day's march north yet. Yeah. And he he stumbles out of the tent to... See where the fuck his squire is. Yep. Men and, and horse. It's just chaos. Men and yeah. horses. People getting ready to go to war. Tyrion finds Pod sleeping and woke him with a nudge of his foot, saying, "My armor, and be quick about it." And Bronn trotted out of the morning mist. And Tyrion asks if he knows what's happening. And Bronn tells him the Stark boys stole a march on us. His host is less than a mile north of here. And, and so, so we get the trumpets again here that they're, again, he keeps saying the trumpets are calling out, hurry, hurry. That's how, like, the what the how it's coming off to him the way they are. And later on, he'll mention that they they sound anxious and, hurt, like, rushed compared to the Stark battles uh, horns, which is kind of neat that they show how scrambling and panic these, that they just fucking took them completely by surprise. Mm. Um, so Tyrion tells Bronn to see that the clansmen are ready. He goes back in the tent to dress, and by the time he comes out, Pod had laid out his armor, and it said that, Tyrion owned a fine suit of heavy plate crafted to fit his misshapen body. However, that was at Casterly Rock. He had to make do with the odd assortments he could took from the stores and not a peach piece matched or fit as it should. So Shay helped Pod with the buckles and clasps, getting Tyrion armored up. And he tells her, if I die, weep for me. And she says, how will you know? You'll be dead. And he says, I'll know. She says, I believe you would. So Tyrion buckles on his sword and on his belt, his sword and dirk, and by the time by that time his mount was brought to him, so he needed help mounting his horse as he felt a thousand pounds. Yeah. Pod handed him a short a, a shield, Jesus, and a battle axe. <laughs> and Shay noted that my lord looks fearsome. Yeah, he looks like a dwarf in mismatched armor. And so he tells Pod that if the battle goes south, see to it that the lady makes it safely home. And he rides off. So it's then as he's uh, he's seeing the sun rise as he's riding out yeah, towards the, the clan. Yeah, the drunken, possibly clansmen mounting up yeah, as well around doing him. all their stuff. And as he's seeing the sunrise, he wonders if this... This is going to be the last sunrise he'll ever see, mm. which I think is a very common thought to have pre-battle for anything, whether it's modern day, whether it's medieval, whether it's, you're going into war. Like, yeah, if you're seeing these things, you start wondering, is this the last time I'm going to experience this? He wonders if he's a coward for thinking that. Yeah, he, it may, he wonders if just wondering about that makes him a coward. And then he... Thinks of his brother. Mm. Does Jamie ever contemplate death before a battle? And I really like that they're th- he's thinking of Jamie right now because we know that that's where Rob is headed to attack right and about to capture is his brother Jamie. Yeah. Um, so the horns sound again and they all sort of ride off and it says in the dawn light the army of Lord Tywin Lannister unfolded like an iron rose, thorns gleaming. And so we learn that Sir Kevin Lannister was leading the center. 
and that quivers. So ba- he's backed by Lords Bannerman, Lefford, Lydon, and Serret. Yeah. The right side of the battle would be commanded by Sir Adam Marbrand, who we met earlier and have met quite a few times at mm-hmm. this point. He's backed by Houses Flemont, Craig Hall. All those women are sluts. <laughs> and House Swift, Lord Swift. Yeah, and his Lord Father took his place on the hill where he had slept. All around him, the reserve assembled, a huge force. Lord Tywin would always, almost always choose to command the reserve. He would take the high ground and watch the battle unfold below him, committing his forces when and where they were needed most. I, uh, I wrote here, Tyrion has two full paragraphs describing how resplendent his father looked. Yeah, even from a distance, Ty- Tywin's just looking like a motherfucking like, boss. Just, he's outshining his uh, son, Jamie, who we remember had some fucking sweet armor from the tournament back in uh, King's Landing. And uh, I did put one part that the red steel was burnished to such a high sheen that it shone like fire in the light of the rising sun. Lightbringer. And I just wanted to mention once again, we always do it with Cersei, that red light, that shimmering. He's encompassed. Like, it's him. He is the red light. And it's just fucking wild. Yeah, so Tyrion begins to hear the rumble of the foeman's drums, and he remembers Robb Stark as he had last seen him in the Great Hall of Winterfell. And... That was a, that the dire wolves yeah. coming at him. So that was when uh, Shaggy Dog went all fucking wild man at him, with technically Rick on also, and he wonders if the if Rob would bring the wolves to war. Mm. The thought made him uneasy. Yeah, he's seen it firsthand, face to face. Like that'd scare the fuck out of anybody. So yeah, Tyrion thinks that the Northerners would be exhausted after mar- after their march. And uh, he wondered what Rob was thinking, really. Like, did he hope to take them unawares while they slept? Because, you know, Tywin is no man's fool. There was a small chance of that happening. So the van was massing on the left, and he sees the three black dogs on a yellow field, Sir Gregor's banner. He was mounted on the biggest horse Tyrion had ever seen, and Bronn looked at him and grinned. Always follow a big man in the battle. And, uh... Tyrion's like, why? And Bronn goes to explain, well, they make a great target, and all the bowmen are going to go crazy for shooting at him first. And Tyrion says, yeah, I I confess, I I didn't think of it in that light. And he kind of laughs. Once again, realizing why he's glad that he made friends with Bronn of the Blackwater. Oh, he's not of the Blackwater yet. He's just Bronn, but we're full spoilers, so he's going to be Bronn of the Blackwater. Probably. Uh, Sir Gregor was sitting up on his giant fucking horse with his giant fucking sword, just pointing it at places, commanding all the people around where they needed to be lining up when he finally near notices Tyrion. And he yeah. tells, Imp, take the left. Hold the river if you can. I just picture him as a fucking moron, man. God, I hate Sir Yeah. Gregor. So, yeah, um, Tyrion looks over and leads his men over to the riverbank, and he shouts, "Look, the river!" Yeah, basically, he tells the all the clansmen that are he, are gathering around, like, "Keep that there. Keep your eye on it. Make sure it's always to your side. And if anyone tries to dirty our rivers or get there them through there, uh, he tells them to fucking chop off their cocks and feed it to the fishes." And of course, the clansmen love that, yeah. so they just start up the chant, "Half man, half man." Half-man, half-man. And Tyrion starts 
which surprised me that he's having such a good idea of checking things before a battle. He's checking how firm the ground is. Yeah. What the, you know, if there's muddy areas, where those are, things to avoid. And I think that lends itself to his intelligence because we always think he's a shitty fighter but Mm. he doesn't give himself enough credit he doesn't have the size to be a powerful one but he's smart about it which is helped by i think braun being there as well but um he does also notice that these men are not as no his are essentially the the least yeah the least prepared the least you know organized and ready to fight and crowfood braun calls him yeah Uh, Because he kind of mirrors what Tyrion is thinking. And Tyrion wonders if Tywin had taken uh, leave of his senses, leaving the left side so unprotected. Which we will learn at the very end of the chapter, it's 100% his intention to do so. Mm. In hopes that Rob would take advantage of that. And it just didn't work out the way Tywin had thought, because Tyrion fucking handled business. Yeah, but there's no time to think about it as the drums were so near... And Bronn draws his long sword, and suddenly the enemy was there before them, boiling over the tops of the hills, advancing with measured tread behind a wall of shields and pikes. Yeah, and so Tyrion starts noticing banners as they come up over the hill, the Hornwoods, Karstarks, Serwins, and Glovers, as well as the fucking phrase. Yeah. And Tyrion says to himself, which is funny because it's the same thing Tywin says at the end, where is the boy? But he doesn't get a chance to keep thinking about that at all because, you know, the battle's starting. Yeah. But I do like that he thinks about it before the battle. Yeah, because he's, it's almost like, you know, you would almost expect Rob Stark to be leading the charge over the hill. And so it, it is sort of a glaring. Yeah, and that's, because that's it. Like, of all the people, you know, you 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 expect Tywin to sit back on the hill mm-hmm. and do that. But there's still going to be groups of High Lords that do. And that's, you know, the Robert Baratheons and the Ned Starks yeah, yeah, that are always out the in. charge of front. I, I imagine a Rhaegar was one Well, of especially them. with, and we'll learn it at the end, how much Tywin really does think of Rob as a green boy, that he's more brave than wise. Yeah, that well, that's a big He's just going to charge right in. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, Tyrion begins to feel a fluttering in his bowels. I mean, we're going to war here, so. Yeah, no shit. And the horns died away, and a hiss fills the air as arrows arced up high, and the Northmen begin their charge. Many falling due to the arrows. Uh, I had to get a sip of my water. Yeah. So Sir Gregor waves his huge sword and bellowed a command, and a thousand other voices screamed back at him, Tyrion adding his voice to theirs. So there's also the the sound of the Lannister trumpets now, Mm -hmm. and I like Martin put in there that they were smaller and more anxious than the Northerners. Now, is that just a... The Northerners just happen to carry horns that are more reson- resounding, more deep, more north. See, yeah, I don't know, because there is this battle of the horns, this whole yeah. thing where you get, like, the... Well, you get the hurry, woo, hurry, hurry. Woo, and then in the camp, the whole beginning, it was that... Almost like an alarm blaring. Yeah, no, I I feel like it's... And it's it also reminded me of the Red Wedding when Catelyn is very aware of, of the, the, sounds, the the doom the boom mm-hmm. doom boom like that sort of thing. Just the where the music in the chapter or the sound yeah. effects in the uh, chapter so, yeah, are I'm mirroring. Start paying attention more, I think, to the horns and see if I can't find some kind of meaning behind them. So yeah, Tyrion shouts the river, 
and he was leading until Chella gave a shriek and galloped past, followed by all the other clansmen leaving Tyrion behind in the dust. Yeah, and so some as the the arrows start landing, shouts turn to screams as they they land, and Gregor um, basically charges fucking straight yeah, he, through that. He charges shit. at a, uh, a crescent of Karstark spearmen who have formed up. And yeah, Gregor's the first to reach them, and it says a dozen men went down as spears and horses collided. The shield wall broke under Gregor's horse, the northerners stumbling away from the dying animal as the mountain rose untouched with his great sword in hand. Monster. Yeah, just his horse is enough to break this shield wall line. And so Shaga and the Stone Crows come barreling Mm -hmm. through the gap that he created, which, great. And that's exactly what Tywin wanted with Gregor anyway. I love how chaotic this guy i think martin does such a great job of and there's a specific line when uh Tyrion starts engaging a man that says the battle withdrew to, to around like, a few feet yeah, around, around his around horse him. whereas right now he is watching each of his stone yeah like, all, each of his clans is here this Gregor, guy's here and, the mountains over yeah, there this guy's he, doing no because he's not in immediate danger at the moment the only thing he has to fear are arrows and as right. of yet the northern northerners haven't launched their, their own volley so Tyrion shouts for the burned men and the moon brothers to me even though most, most of them were ahead of him. He saw Timmet vault free as his mount was killed. He saw a moon brother impaled on a car Stark spear. And another flight of arrows descended on them, killing Stark and Lannister alike. Tyrion yeah, so lifted his shield, his shield and up, hid beneath it. And he notices the Northerners um, are reeling back from the mountain yeah. assault already. Like, yeah. like, he hasn't even gotten into it, and they're just like, boom. Now that's to show how weak and small the left-hand side mm-hmm. really is. Um, again, it also is to show, I think, a large part of the ferocity of the men that Tyrion brought, because, again, that's what Tywin underestimates. Well, yeah, we get we can get, like, two things from this. One, that apparently the Northern Army isn't as bolstered right. as we anticipated. And two, that, yeah, Tywin anticipates this left flank collapsing due to the undisciplined nature exactly. of the men. The fact that it doesn't more so says to the fact of how few numbers the Northerners right, have. And right. so that fucks pretty much all of Tywin's Coupled plans. with the, the minor, you know... Tyrion's men are actually capable Good fighters, of fighting yeah. in combat. But. And so, yeah, an enemy came at Tyrion thrusting for his chest, and Tyrion swatted the spear away and rode his horse right over him. Yeah, so I just put next that Shaga is just tearing fuckers up with his axes, mm-hmm. just hacking away. Bronn is surrounded by three foes, chops one by the face, and... and Evens the odds a little bit. A thrown yeah. spear lodges in Tyrion. And I, that's what I love about this is, like, we're, we're focused on Bronn. And we're like, all right, we're about to see Bronn fucking fuck up three guys. Yeah, we and then see, funk, we get and, the chunk well, of yeah, a spear I, in his shield. I like that it's one of the knights, get, one of that Bronn is fighting gets beheaded. One mm-hmm. gets a slash across the face yeah. as a backhand. But there's still one more in that one that got his face slashed. Who knows if it's deep enough to make him out. Yeah, and then we get interrupted with the chunk exactly. in his shield. So now we don't even get so to Tyrion see So Tyrion pulls his, you know, his mm-hmm. thought process. Process and Tyrion rides after the thrower, circling him, raining axe blows down as he lifted his shield above yeah. his head until the northerner slipped on the mud. At which point he's too far away and out of Tyrion's reach, not just because he's a dwarf, so but because t- any man's going to yeah. be not be able to reach. So, so he just Tyrion finds rode next... on, taking another man from behind with a sweeping down cut. And he reined up to sort of position himself, and he realized that the river was on his right, and he had la- lost it in just that small amount of time. Yeah, which, which, again, it's the chaos of the bat. Like, you know, it's that quick that you can lose your positioning and right, lose right. where you are. So the fact, I think that shows more of the fact how 
insightful Tyrion is, where, where oh, yeah, he's I've looking. Oh, yeah, i got to check the river. Yeah, like, okay. I need to get back where I'm supposed to be and keep it on my right, as I or on my left, as I had and said. And as he's doing this, uh, another guy comes bearing down on him, yelling, just, die, dwarf! Yeah. You know, and so it's obvious, you know, how many dwarves are going to be out there fighting like this, so a lot of people, I'm sure, know who he is on that battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrion's kind of thinking, you know, where the fuck is Bronn, man? Yeah. Granted... He's also losing the fact that Bronn's doing the same shit, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of hard to sit sit by your side right there. So, yeah, they exchange some blows, and Tyrion's shield shatters on falls from his arm, and his foe is just keep screaming, die, slamming Tyrion across the temple hard with a hideous sound of metal Yeah, scraping. so he's, uh... Fuck, is this a... The man, so the man grinned up at Tyrion until Tyrion's horse bit. Yeah. Laying his face open from, uh, laying his cheek open to the bone, and Tyrion buried his axe in his head. You die. And he did. But he still doesn't get a fucking second's reprieve. Nope. Because right then, another man comes flying Eddard for Eddard in Winterfell. And this guy's on a war horse, which I think is the first time that he says it, a war horse, Mm -hmm. which means, I'm thinking more of the style of what Gregor was riding in. Just a big monster. Armored, yeah. Yeah, and so this guy is fucking just swinging this morning star. Their horses slam together. And he fucking wails Tyrion's arm, just... Yeah, Tyrion's right elbow exploded as the spiked morning star punched through the thin metal. His axe was gone so quick, so he fumbled for his sword, but the morning star was coming again at his face, and with a sickening crunch, he was falling. He looked up to only the sky above him, and he tried to find his feet, but the pain made the world throb. The knight who felled him drew up above him, towering. Tyrion the imp, you are mine. Do you yield, Lannister? And he Tyrion, wants to yeah. yield, but he can't because he's so fucked up right yeah. now. Yeah, so he makes his way to his knees, fumbling for a weapon. Yield or die, the man said, looming on his war horse, his morning star starting to spin faster now. Tyrion's hands are numb and his vision blurred. And he can't find any weapons anywhere where he's looking. So he lurches to his feet and does the only thing available to him, which is drive his head spike, the the spike on his helm, into the horse's belly. Yeah, I don't think we went too much into detail that he has a nice set of armor in Casterly Rock. Yeah, yeah. And so this one was made up of a hodgepodge of shit that he was able to get found by Lord Lefford, actually, mm-hmm. in the supplies, which was this weird little fucking bucket helm that had a spike right on the top. Yeah, the and horse so... tried to twist away. Blood and viscera poured down over Tyrion's face, and the horse fell. Next, Tyrion knew his visor was caked with mud, and something was crushing his foot. Yield, he managed to croak out, and he... Yes, a voice moaned with pain. Yeah, so the horse fell on top of the knight who had yeah b- busted Tyrion up a bit, and so he looks up and realizes that there's no more battle around him. Mm. That it's moved past him now, further. They've pushed the Stark forces back far enough. Yeah, ravens are already circling and beginning to yeah. feed on the dead, and he says. Uh, the, the, the knight fumbles for a sword in his belt, and he throws it at Tyrion's feet to sort of show, show approve yeah, I like, yield. And Tyrion t- says to him, I believe you are losing, sir. And, and he's interrupted then by some horse hooves, hooves uh, of Bronn, Bronn is arriving. So we know. Small use you turned out to be, <laughs> Tyrion says to him. And Bronn says, well, it seems you did well enough on your own. And he says, you have lost the spike on your helm, no? And Tyrion says, I haven't lost it. I know, I know right where it is. I put it there and I left it there. And he asks and him, so, do you see my horse? 
So they go and find his horse, and then they decide instead of joining the battle again, they're going to search for his men. And so he does see quite a few of the clansmen are dead. Well, by the time they find the horse, Lord Tywin's reserve had come sweeping down along the river, and Tyrion watched his father flying past, 500 knights surrounding him. The remnants of the Stark line shattered like glass beneath their charge. And, yeah, Tyrion makes sees no point in yeah, attempting exactly. to join at this point. So, yeah, he and Bronn went looking for some men, some of his clansmen, and he found many dead. Ulf lay dead in a pool of blood, missing an arm. Uh, a dozen moon brothers dead around him. And, and then they oh. come upon Khan and uh, Shaga. Shaga. And Shaga is lit up with arrows. Shaga slumped beneath a tree riddled with arrows and with Khan's head in his lap. Which when I first came upon this scene reading, I was I imagined a beheaded Khan. Right. Shaga dead. And I was like, yo, Shaga dies here? Fuck. And, and then, yeah, so then all of a sudden Shaga stands the fuck up and he's like, Arrgh. Oh, and, and point of clarity, uh, Khan is not beheaded. His, just his head is laying in Shaga's lap, like yeah. attached to his body still, which tripped me up. And he's, Shaga looks up at them, his eyes open, and he says, They have killed Khan, son of Korat. And only the red stain on his breast showed where Khan was killed. Which I think was interesting. Like, you yeah. know, he just sustained no other blows, but his killing blow. Yeah. One killing blow. And so, yeah, Shaga stands up and fucking rips the arrows out of him. Like, and just only making little yips when he fucking. Yeah. When it's one that was deep enough. Chella rode up and showed them that they, the ears she had collected. And, and then Timmet, son of Timmet, was also found. Looting bodies. Yes. Yeah, hell so, yeah. So, of the 300 clansmen Tyrion had, about half survived, he's thinking. So, yeah, Tyrion tells the clans men to sort of round themselves up he tells Bronn to assist them in that and then he leaves in search of his father and he finds Tywin seated by the river sipping wine from a jeweled cup as his squire undid his breastplate a fine victory Kevin says as he sees Tyrion your wild men felt well and his father's eyes were upon him the green uh, the gold flecked green so cool they gave Tyrion a chill and Tyrion, like, just goes for yeah, it. He's like, did that upset your plans, father? We were supposed to be butchered, were we not? And Tywin, this, yeah. he drains his cup, and then he lays it out, and he says, I put the least dis- disciplined men on the left, yes, anticipating they would break. Rob Stark is a green boy, more like to be brave than wise. I'd hope if he saw the left collapse, I w- he would plunge in. Once committed, Sir Kevin's pikes would take him in the flank, driving him into the river while I brought up the reserve. And Tyrion, kind of pissily, like, you thought to place me in that carnage and yet keep me ignorant of your plans. And Tywin gives it right back and says, I'm not inclined to trust my plans to a man who consorts with swords and savages. Yeah. And, Damn. like, fuck. Anyway, he does then mention that Tyrion seems to be injured. Mm. And Ta- Tyrion, it's good of you to notice, father. <laughs> like, fuck. Surpri- I'm surprised he did mention it at all. Yeah, Tyrion's right arm is completely soaked in blood. And he asks if I might trouble you for a maester. Yeah, and he starts in on a joke. Uh, I'm sure that it would have been funny. But Adam Marbrand comes riding up, interrupting them, sounding very very urgent. Yeah, he drops to a knee and says, we have taken some of their commanders. Lord Kerwin, Sir Willis Manderley, Harry and Karstark, four phrase, and Lord Hornwood is dead, but I fear Roose Bolton has escaped us. And then Tywin asks the same question Tyrion did before the battle started. Where is the boy? And Sir Adam hesitated. The Stark boy was not with them. 
They say he crossed at the twins with a great part of his host, riding hard for River Run. And <laughs> Tyrion. A green boy, more brave than wise. He would have laughed if it didn't hurt so much. And yeah, that's the uh that be that for this Tyrion chapter. This was an outstanding chapter. Our first real taste of battle. A good battle. A, a, a big scale battle. And goddamn, like Martin's writing in it is just so chaotic. Yeah, it, he does such a great job of writing the battle. And so. yeah, and we get more of that. You brought it up earlier of just the the confidence that we've been known to see in Tyrion, and then just how quickly it goes away when he's near his father. Just yeah, those yeah. those green eyes, man, they do something to Tyrion. So you got an inductee? Yeah, I'm inducting Sir Kevin Lannister oh. because as much as he's Tywin's little fucking pissant, you know, the first thing he did when he sees Tyrion is greets him and compliments him that they fought well. Mm-hmm. Like, you did good. Like, even though your father fucked you, like, yeah. you fought well. Good on you, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kevin's just there to, he just wants to live no, his life, No, Kevin's man. a good guy. Like, he just kind of does what his brother so, says, but yeah. Kevin's a good guy. So I like Kevin. Kevin's coming this Cool. Week. I'm going to induct p- posthumously uh, Khan, son of Korat. Humously? Is it... Uh, whatever. I don't know. Wow. Way to fuck up my inductee. Sucks I'm inv- inducting Khan the because Khan. he he was so, like he was the coolest one, I thought. Like he invited Tyrion to come share their mead and their ox and all the other stuff and he only went out with just that one killing blow and I really like the clansmen. So that's what? my inductee, but now it's shit because you had to shit all over it. So well, let's go to someone else's. We'll get one that's not shit. And so for that one, we go to France, where we are hearing from Julian. Julian. He says, hi there. Great battle chapter. A little difficult for him to understand everything without a translate up, but it doesn't prevent him from having fun. Hell so yeah. So it's a chaotic fucking battle, so it's even hard for us to follow at times. Mm. So no worries I've been there. sick this episode, so it's been really hard for me to follow. Yeah, he's... It's bad. So many possible inductees here. I can imagine your probable choices. Would it be Tyrion himself? Better a warrior, as one might think. Or Shaga, who wants to cut off a dead man's penis and does not realize he's got arrows planted everywhere. Maybe Tywin, whose armor alone could repay the debt of my fancy country. Maybe Rob for outsmarting the Lannisters here. Well, not for me. My inductee's gonna be Jamie Lannister for one good reason. I can't stop feeling the admiration that Tyrion has for his brother. Mm. It's just like Zack and yeah. how he yeah. admires okay. me. It's the same way. I get it. He's looking up to him with love. Envy, maybe. Envy definitely with Zack. And it's prettily pointed out with the last thought Tyrion gets before riding into the battle. Does Jamie experience the experienced and respected war chief get scared before a fight? Love that very much, and that helps me realize how much of a badass Jamie really is in George R. R. Martin's story. While he was being almost only depicted as the bad guy Lannister who got tricked by Rob in this war. Mm. Yeah, so you pulled out Damn. some sweet yeah, details that's a good one, there. Julian. Um, I absolutely see what you mean with the admiration Tyrion showing, and because it's crazy, because he even puts Jamie down comparing him to Tywin, saying that like Tywin's armor is even more resplendent yeah, than Jamie's, yeah. and he's putting them, you know, Jamie's on a pedestal for him. So yeah, <laughs> Jamie's definitely high up. So great inductee. That I think actually, if things go the way we think they might go with Tyrion, where he ends up having a villainous turn. 
that Jamie might be the only potential thing that could ground him. Yeah, is absolutely. That, that respect and admiration he has for his brother. I really wish I could say that Tyrion being my favorite character, I could relate to him with having a brother that you really admire <laughs> and look up to and have someone to respect, but no, I mean, I'm basically just stuck with two Cersei's, so Whoa. I mean... And actually, Cersei's putting it nice. I feel more like Danny in my siblings. Where I just got two of his Thank you. I'm a Rhaegar. No, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> if you have an inductee, feel free to send it in. It'll be better than anything this guy gave. True. So, this episode. Uh, you Fuck can get yeah. us at our email, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, at mannerswithout. Twitter, at mannerswithout. Zach's on Twitter, at carstark92. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast and Patreon, which yeah. we've got the next episode coming at you, Victorion. Hell yeah. Very, very soon. soon. And so that's Patreon.com slash Without Manners. Next episode, we'll be reading Catlin 10. We are dwindling on our Catlin episodes. That one is going to be a pretty short episode, I would believe. Oh, speaking of dwindling. Next Tyrion episode. Is that not the last Tyrion episode? That is the next. The So Tyrion 9 is Tyrion's last chapter in A Game of Thrones. So prep for that. Prep for it's that. It's going to be sweet. Uh, but next week will be, or next episode, damn it. Damn. Next episode we'll be reading Catelyn 10. Catelyn does have two more chapters left in this book. So, but this next one's this pretty one's short. But this one's going to be pretty short. So. so don't expect a lengthy episode next week. Uh, next episode God twice, twice in 30 seconds in like 10 seconds Fuck. anyway I'm just let done. us know what you guys think you leave us a rate and review lots of great reviews on Apple Podcasts any other locations reviews are wonderful and we love you for them listen to us next time Valor to Harris peace <laughs>